0: What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young Podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by Jacqueline Burnett, who will be helping me enhance the conversation with our guest. Today's guest is Dr. Stephen Gundry. Dr. Stephen Gundry is a renowned heart surgeon, four-time New York Times bestselling author, and physician scientist. Dr. Grundy is the leading expert on the lectin-free diet as the key to reversing disease and boosting longevity, as explained in his 2017 book, The Plant Paradox. In his latest book, The Longevity Paradox, How to Die Young at a Ripe Old Age, he provides an innovative plan to actually getting younger as you age. His fifth book in the Paradox series, The Plant Paradox Family Cookbook, released November 2019, and his next book, The Energy Paradox, will be published in December 2020. That being said, this podcast was absolutely amazing, and Jacqueline Burnett helped me bring out such a great conversation with Dr. Stephen Gundry. So that being said, make sure you take a moment to share this episode with a friend, as well as screenshot this podcast and tag myself, Jacqueline Burnett, and Dr. Stephen Gundry on Instagram so that we can share it as well. And that being said, enjoy the episode. What's going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Stephen Gundry here with us, as well as Jacqueline Burnett, who will be helping me enhance this conversation. Thanks so much, Dr. Stephen Gundry. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, I've been a huge fan of everything you've been putting out regarding content and your books and I know that you have your book The Plant Paradox and I want to start off by asking you one simple question which you talk about a lot and that is lectins and the question is what are lectins for those who may not know?
1: So lectins are primarily plant proteins that are sugar seeking molecules that is they're looking for sugar to attach to And they're used primarily as a defense system by plants so that they don't get eaten. And their babies, their seeds don't get eaten. And one of the things that's hard for most of us to imagine is that plants are subject to the same evolutionary pressures as we are. And they want to live and they want their children to survive, uh, but they can't run, they can't hide, they can't fight. So they use lectins as one of their systems to make their predator think twice about eating them.
0: Very cool. So regarding everything you talk about, not only in the book, and I want to hand it to Jacqueline because I know she's a huge evangelist for everything uh, that you've been putting out there. So Jacqueline.
2: Yes. So as someone, you know, like myself, I have a of a relative who has autoimmune diseases, and I actually took the time to even read your book out loud to him because I found it so valuable, all the information that you put out. I love everywhere that, that you started from the evolution of plants to how they've grown to be what they are. Can you dive in to how removing lectins from your diet can actually help your overall being? Because our body, we're all living in symbiosis of our body. so. Talk to me about the gut and how when we're removing leptins, you're helping your overall being.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. We are just a giant symbiotic organism, and a great number of us think that the only reason we exist is as a home for our microbiome. Uh, Those 100 trillion bacteria and viruses and et cetera that live in us, on us, and that We are just a condominium for bugs, and those uh, bugs actually are very important uh, as producers of almost uh, all the compounds that we depend on. They actually affect our brain in more ways than you can imagine. I'm currently writing my next book called The Energy Paradox, and you'll be amazed that the effect our microbiome has on everything, um, including our energy levels. So getting back to your question, uh, the lining of our gut is only one cell thick and the lining of our gut is the same surface area as a tennis court. Yeah, everybody look down and there's a tennis court inside of you, uh, which is hard to believe. The problem is that there's only one cell separating you from your microbiome and the foods you eat, which many contain lectins, and you, and that is your immune system, which is a very timely topic right now, about 60% of all your white blood cells line your gut because that's where mischief can come across very easily. And my research and many other people's research show that lectins are capable, among other things, of causing leaky gut. In fact, they're one of the major causes of leaky gut. And when These proteins get across the wall of our gut. They are recognized as foreign by our immune system, and our immune system does the proper thing and attacks them, and unfortunately creates inflammation. Now, uh, uh, Dr. Cordain from uh, Colorado State, a number of years ago, proposed that lectins also are a cause of what's called molecular mimicry. And that is the proteins in lectins look a lot like the proteins in other parts of us, for instance, our thyroid gland, or for instance, our skin in psoriasis, or our joints like rheumatoid arthritis. And if we have a leaky gut, and if our immune system is activated, we will by accident attack our own tissues, mistaking mistaking them for lectins. So I uh, have written a number of papers about lectins being a principal cause of autoimmune disease and that the removal of lectins from people's diets uh, puts their autoimmune disease in remission. If you want to call it cure, uh, that's fine with me. But about 94% of people in my study uh, after six months of being on a lectin-limited diet, uh, resolved their autoimmune disease. Uh, all wow. their biomarkers for autoimmune disease are gone. Uh, Kelly Clarkson is probably my most famous example. She wow. had Hashimoto's thyroiditis. She doesn't have Hashimoto's thyroiditis anymore. Uh, she followed my program.
0: Yeah. Very cool. What would you say are the three most important changes that people can do today to help or improve our gut health and longevity?
1: Great question. So the first thing you gotta do is get rid of lectin-rich foods and those include all whole grains. Uh, If you're going to eat beans which are incredibly high in lectins, pressure cook them. Pressure cooking destroys most lectins except gluten. By the way, gluten is a lectin. That's actually why it's so bad. But the vast majority of gluten-free foods contain very mischievous lectins, like, for instance, corn, like quinoa, like buckwheat. Uh, Peanuts and cashews are beans. They're not nuts. And you wouldn't believe the mischief peanuts and cashews do to people. Uh, So that's, that's number one. Uh, number two, the vast majority of people, even in sunny climates like uh, Arizona or California, for example, uh, have very low levels of vitamin D. And vitamin D is incredibly important for helping seal the gut and also camping down the immune system, telling the immune system to kind of chill it when things come across the gut ball. Uh, the third thing that I think is very exciting is the more olive oil I can get down somebody's mouth, the better their health is going to be. And studies of blue zones, um, where some of the longest people in the world live, three of the blue zones are in the Mediterranean. What's the and blue all, zone, if people don't know? Blue, yeah, blue zone is uh, was defined uh, by Dan Buckner, who's a journalist as places uh, in the world who have have extreme longevity. For instance, I'm the only nutritionist who has ever spent most of his career living and working in a blue zone, and that is Loma Linda, California, when I was a professor at Loma Linda University for most of my career. Uh, and so a blue zone where the Woman Linda is the only blue zone in America, believe it or not. Wow, now there are no other blue zones. So, another blue zone is Sardinia in the Mediterranean, another blue zone is Crete, another blue zone is Okinawa in Japan, just yep. as an example. Very cool.
2: Wow, can you talk to me about you know. Some people eat a lot of corn and they're not affected by any. They don't feel like they're affected in the short term. And then some people might eat corn or hot sauce, which is high in lectins, And all of a sudden, their stomach just gets really upset. You know, my relative can't really eat too many lectin foods because of that might happen. And I am super health conscious. So, you know, I'm not really eating lectins, although I will say hot sauce is my downfall. But tell me about that. Why are some people more affected? that? Well, so uh,
1: if you eat a fermented hot sauce, like Tabasco sauce, just as an example, fermentation in general um, kills off lectins. You know, the bacteria actually eat the lectins. So fermented hot sauces are just fine. Uh, and other fermented foods, uh, fermentation will actually destroy most, most lectins. Um, one thing it doesn't destroy, unfortunately, is gluten. Uh, so even though people say, well, Dr. Gundry says sourdough bread is is better for you. If you have an autoimmune disease, not even true sourdough bread uh, is, is in your diet. Uh, about My studies, I just published a study a month ago looking at people who are sensitive to gluten, and 70% of them are actually sensitive to the molecules in corn. And I see so many people with celiac disease, which is the extreme form of gluten intolerance, who are eating a gluten-free diet, most of which is corn or brown rice, and we found that when we test them, it's corn that's their big mischief maker. And when we take these gluten-free foods away from them, <coughs> their uh, intolerance to gluten goes away and their celiac disease goes away. Okay, wow, cool.
2: that's, that's amazing. The I
1: other to- thing, yeah, and, and getting back to your other question, uh, the other thing that's really destroyed us, particularly here in the United States, is we take a lot of antibiotics. Uh, We take a lot of antibiotics for really no good reason. Uh, Most of the time when we come in to a doctor with a sniffles or a scratchy throat or even a cough, which are caused by viruses, we're given antibiotics. um, Because, you know, if my colleague doesn't give you antibiotics, you'll go next door and, you know, you'll get them from him. So what the heck, I'll give them to you. And those antibiotics, we didn't know, actually kill off the vast majority of our microbiome. So it's it's like swallowing napalm. Uh, We just destroy this incredible rainforest in our gut. The other thing, which I've seen now over the last 20 years, is the use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, things like ibuprofen, naproxen, Aleve, Advil. uh, These actually are like swallowing hand grenades. They actually blow little microscopic holes in the lining of our gut. Mm -hmm. And just one will do it. And I've seen a number of actually young athletes who sustained an injury and were put on, you know, high dose uh, ibuprofen or naproxen. And they suddenly developed an autoimmune disease out of the blue and you know, healthy young athletes. Yeah. And it was yeah. this high dose of you know, just kind of swallowing Advil all day for a few weeks that made their gut leak and that started the process. And luckily, we've been able to reverse all those simply by yeah. getting those compounds out.
0: Very cool. Um, can you give us some examples of some of like, the favorite stories of full recovery of patients on the Plant Paradox diet? Because I know you have dozens of them.
1: <laughs> you know, actually, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a, a most uh, recent story, which uh, I actually didn't solicit. Uh, I was on a podcast with uh, a writer of a book, Um by uh, the co-writer, the co-founder of The Whole 30. Um, And uh, uh, Hartwig is the last name. And he, um, we were doing a podcast, had him on my podcast. And he said, uh, uh, let me tell you an interesting story. I don't think I've ever told anybody. He said, you know, I'm quite an athlete. I'm a physical therapist. That's how I got interested in nutrition. And uh, a a few years ago, I had this injury to my shoulder, I had tendonitis in my shoulder, I had tendonitis in my elbow, kind of tennis elbow. And he said, I did everything. I'm a physical therapist, you know, I used heat, I did the whole bit, nothing was helping, I rested it, wouldn't go away. And he said, you know, I wonder if it's something in my diet. He, He says, so uh, just on a guess, he says, I took away grains and beans out of my diet. Mm. And he said, son of a gun, in a month, it was completely gone. He says, that's the only thing I changed. I didn't do anything else. And so he was saying, he says, how did you know? <laughs> I said, because these little guys don't like us. And they are a major cause of inflammation. And think about it from a plant. Standpoint. I, I always like to think like a plant. If my predator um, feels bad, or every time my predator eats me or my babies, the predator goes, "Ah, you know, my arm is killing me. My shoulder is killing me. I don't think I'm going to eat that thing anymore." Well, the plant wins, the predator wins, and everybody's happy. And really, that's what happens throughout time. In that, you know, animals are pretty smart. And if an animal hurts, or an animal isn't thriving, or if an animal isn't making babies, then the animal pretty soon figures out, eh, you know, I'm I'm not going to eat that that thing because I feel bad. Unfortunately, as all of us know, humans are pretty stupid, and we eat these things. And then we take antacids or we take Advil and we keep eating and doing these things going, ah, that's just kind of a part of life and moving on. Wow.
2: Yeah, I'm plant-based myself, so I'm very fascinated just about the evolution of plants. You know, as you mentioned, the plant paradox, plants know they're going to be eaten. So they tell you when it's time to eat them. Can you talk about about the plants, when they're ready to be eating those types of plants, and how we can make sure we're eating lectin-safe foods?
1: Well, so th- the good news is for, there are lectins in all plants. Uh, for instance, recently we've discovered that there's a, a very interesting lectin in spinach that some people react to. Now, I don't want to cause widespread panic, and I don't want the purpose of this podcast. Dr. Gundry says don't eat spinach. Uh
2: I love spinach.
1: (laughs) But there is a lectin in spinach. And uh, there's a, a famous expression from Nietzsche saying that which doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And bitter plants actually want to warn you that Uh, Are you sure you want to eat a lot of me? Because you're probably going to, you know, pay the consequence. Uh, But small amounts actually benefit us. It's called hormesis. It's what I've talked about in a lot of my books, that little bits of poison, if you will, are actually beneficial. Uh, So one of the interesting things is about fruit. Up until 50 years ago, and 60 years ago now, the only time anybody had fruit was when it ripened on a tree or a vine. It was local. And I grew up um, in the Midwest and I knew about what was called the green apple two-step, which if you ate green apples, and we're not talking about Granny Smith apples, we're talking about unripe apples, yep. you would uh, get pretty bad intestinal cramps and diarrhea. And your body was actually getting rid of the lectins in those green apples rapidly. Now, when an apple, let's use an apple, is picked unripe in Chile or Argentina in the winter, and then shipped here, the lectins are still in that unripe fruit. Now, we may put ethylene oxide gas and make them look ripe, but the lectin content is still very high. So one of the things that's really important is if you're going to eat fruit, and we can have a discussion about how fruit may be one of the most toxic foods you can eat, uh, if you're going to eat fruit, eat it in season. And that is a very limited time, and eat it locally. Support your farmers' market, um, yep. if you know. If we ever open them again, but that's another story. Yep. But please, 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 don't, don't go to Costco and buy you know these five-pound you know jars of strawberries from Chile or blueberries from Chile, because that is not the same. It, it's a totally different plant. Interesting. So you talk
0: a lot about, you know, longevity and in your book, the longevity paradox, the title is how to die young at a ripe old age. Number one, I want to ask you, what is the longevity paradox?
1: Well, you know, we all want to live a long time. Uh, But the paradox is we don't want to get old. (laughs) And And if you, if you kind of look, you know, down the road, you kind of look at people getting old and you go, you know, that actually doesn't look very good uh, to me. Uh, I don't want stents. I I don't want a hip replacement. I don't want a knee replacement. I don't want to be in a nursing home, particularly right now. I want to, you know, I want to remember uh, my grandkids, not, um, and, you know, I want to remember my wife or my husband and that's not happening. So the paradox is, okay, how, how do you accomplish that? And, you know, the exciting thing is it's modern research has shown that there are absolutely things that we can do to die young and at a ripe old age. And one of the things that, getting back to this gut microbiome, If you look at 105-year-old people around the world who are thriving, and I can assure you there are thriving 105-year-old people. Very cool. uh, They have the same diverse microbiome as healthy 30-year-olds. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Whereas if you look, most people, as they get older their microbiome uh, diversity gets smaller and smaller and smaller. You get fewer and fewer species. So what you want is this really unbelievably you know, ecology of 10,000 different bugs talking to each other. And the book is, OK, how do you do that, number one? Number two, what do you eat to make sure the bugs that are going to keep you alive? Because you're their condominium. Uh, are happy and there's some you know there's some wonderful tricks yeah the third trick is the more you compress your eating window the time that you actually eat food to smaller and smaller amounts the longer you are going to live number 1 and the better you're going to live long number 2 and that's actually something that Anybody uh, can accomplish. So I'm not talking about restricting calories. We don't have to eat, you know, 30 percent less calories every day for the rest of our lives. First of all, uh, it's really hard. Uh, there is a there is a calorie restriction society, and they're pretty grouchy and irritable and they're cold. Uh, but for instance, this is now my. 18th year of, from January through June, during the week, I fast 22 out of 24 hours. Wow. So I eat all my calories. I eat all my calories from six to eight o'clock at night. So I don't eat breakfast, I don't eat lunch, and I condense my calorie window. So 22 out of 24 hours, uh, I'm fasting. Wow. And this is my 18th year of doing that. Now, you're going, well, what? why do you do that? Well, because, number one, way long time ago, probably even 100 years ago, we did not have a lot of food in the winter, and we did not eat a lot of calories in the winter. In the winter. We know that, for instance, hibernating animals who don't eat calories in the winter live twice as long as their cousins who don't hibernate so you can take rodents who are hibernators and rodents who aren't hibernators and the hibernating rodents live a very long time Uh, bears don't eat for five months and uh, they actually lose fat but they don't lose muscle mass uh, which is fascinating Uh, and i've actually told people i'll put them on the grizzly brick grizzly bear diet and just take away their food for five months <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think it's sell a lot of books quite <laughs> very cool
2: no, no, that's amazing and i want to touch on too you know gut health people call it almost like your second brain it is so important to the way that we operate throughout our day now for someone who's like i don't care about my health you know i'm super successful i don't care about living forever because i just want to enjoy right now can you talk about the importance of gut health, of your overall health so that you can actually optimize and become larger than you are already?
1: Yeah. uh, You know, we're we're such smart creatures that we can't fathom the idea that little single cell organisms could have any effect on our brain, on our well-being. But in fact, the exact opposite is true. I had uh, Dr. Daniel Amen on my podcast recently, who's, you know, one of the leading psychiatrists. And he's now convinced that most depression and anxiety actually comes from gut dysbiosis. Our gut bugs, or I call them our gut buddies, are actually responsible for making all these wonderful hormones that actually make us feel good or conversely make us depressed or anxious. Interestingly, I cite a study that lectins, if you inject lectins into the bellies of rats, they will become so stressed and depressed that they will cower in the corner of their cage and not come out looking for food. Wow. And if you think about it, you know, if you think about it, a great defense system against being eaten is to have, you know, an animal so scared he won't won't go looking for food. What I'm doing in the energy paradox is showing that there are some other compounds that we had no idea that these bugs made that now tell our brain cells that everything is great down in the engine room and you, you know, Go about your business. Have a great time. It tells our muscles that they can produce energy properly. And there's some really cool studies looking at endurance athletes changing their gut microbiome and improving their endurance performance. So this is actually coming full court around to realizing that if we want to maximize our health, we've got to maximize the health of our gut buddies. And, uh, you know, there was the godfather of fitness. Um, you guys look him up sometime was a guy by the name of Jack LaLanne.
2: Okay.
1: And Jack LaLanne uh, made it to 96. He died of pneumonia when he wouldn't take antibiotics. That's one of the times you probably want to take antibiotics, but but that's another story. And Jack Jack Lane actually had a TV show in the 1950s and 60s, and I can remember my mother watching Jack Lane work out and do calisthenics. But Jack used to say, most people know him with the Jack Lane juicer. He became quite a pitch man in his later years. But he used to say, if it tastes good, spit it out. Now, um I, and i like I like to quote Jack, i I got to know him actually in his later years, but what he actually meant by that was the things we should be eating, we should be eating for the bugs in our gut and not for this two by three inch piece of muscle, you know in our tongue.
0: yeah,
1: and the more you the more you eat for them, they're going to take care of you in so many ways that you, you'd you be shocked. And I can't tell you the number of people with, for instance, depression and anxiety who change over to the Plant Paradox Programme, and the next thing you know they're going wow um i'm not depressed and we wean them off of their antidepressants and you know, there there really isn't anybody that we can't get off of these anti-anxiety and antidepressant drugs yeah and uh, what do you
2: say to that or i'm sorry hes here no, go sorry. ahead go ahead so what do you say to someone who, you know, their doctor has recommended they take ibuprofen every day because they're older and that's what they should do, or they have an autoimmune disease and they actually are taking drugs every day. What do you say to that person? They're like, well, I can't get off. I can't stop doing this. So they, they're a limiting belief there. What do you say to that that person?
1: Well, you know, I spent my uh, the first part of my career as a transplant surgeon and using transplant drugs to suppress the immune system. And these same drugs uh, and cousins of them are the vast majority of commercials on TV uh, throughout the day and every night. And I tell anyone who comes to see me, and about 70% of my practice is now autoimmune diseases, I go, look, you don't have a heart transplant, you don't have a kidney transplant, you don't have a liver transplant, so what the heck are you doing on a transplant drug? You know, that, that makes no sense. Uh, and particularly right now, the fact that we're actually seeing these commercials on TV telling you, hey, go, go suppress your immune system. What a great idea right now. It's like, really? Yeah. So, you know, and let me just add another comment on that. Um, The reason people with chronic disease conditions, like hypertension, like diabetes, like heart disease, are more susceptible to COVID-19 is not because of these conditions. These conditions are actually telling me and other doctors that you have a leaky gut and that the leaky gut and gut dysbiosis is the cause of these of these diseases and your immune system which i told you is 60 70% of it is down in your gut is distracted down in your gut and so when a virus comes along in your mouth and nose normally your immune system should be up there ready to go attacking this thing but it's in dis- it's been distracted, and it's you can't fight a two-front war. That's the other scary thing for young people in this country, because unlike other countries, we are seeing a number of younger individuals getting the coronavirus and suffering from the coronavirus, even dying. And a number of us are arguing that that's because... Our Western diet, our wonderful standard American diet, is one of the best leaky gut producing diets in the world. And no wonder, you know, this country is more susceptible to the coronavirus compared to other countries and young people. Uh, uh, Two
0: more quick questions. One being, I want to take it back because I know we haven't touched on that yet, but what got you into studying? the plant paradox and everything that you've created through your research at an early age, because there's a lot of young listeners. I'm 19 years old right now. And a lot of young people that are entrepreneurs starting their own business or diving into their careers. I'd love for the people to know where was Dr. Stephen Gundry in his teenage years and how it led you into this research.
1: Yeah, Great question. Um, I, uh, I was blessed to have a grandmother. Uh, who actually gave me a whole series of books, which uh, were called the Zim Books of uh, Biology. And they were little paperback books on every subject in in biology, um, birds, reptiles, you, know, you name it, plants. And I would devour those. And then when I was 10 years old in, in my school library, there was a book called All About You. And it was about the human body. And believe it or not, my uh, fifth grade science project was uh, how to do an ap- appendectomy complete with illustrations. Wow. <laughs> but, and, and so, uh, when I, uh, in my undergraduate years at Yale, uh, back in those dark ages, we were able to actually design our own major and do a, a thesis. We would actually propose a thesis and have to defend it. And so, I, uh, my thesis was you could take a great ape, manipulate its food supply and its environment and argue uh, successfully that you would create a human being. Um, And I defended my thesis and gave it to my parents who left it in the shrine, you know. And then uh, a little over 20 years ago now, uh, when I was a very famous heart surgeon at Loma Linda, I was referred to a gentleman who I call Big Ed in all my books. And Big Ed had inoperable coronary artery disease. All the blood vessels in his heart were clogged up. You couldn't put stents in them. You couldn't do bypass. And Big Ed, uh, over six months' time, by changing the food he ate and taking a bunch of supplements from a health food store, cleaned out 50% of the blockages in his coronary arteries. Um, And I was taught that that could not happen. And when he started to describe the diet that he ate uh, about, I don't know, a paragraph into him telling me what he was doing, I said, wait a minute, you know, time out. That's my thesis from Yale University. And I said, how'd you know my thesis? He didn't. Um, uh, And I was a big, giant, fat guy. I was 70 pounds overweight. I was running 30 miles a week. I was going to the gym one hour every day, eating very healthy, low-fat diet, and I called my parents and said, hey, you still got my thesis, and they said, yeah, And yeah. I said, send it up, uh, first year, I lost 50 pounds, subsequently, I lost another 20, and I've kept it off for 20 years, and that day, I started researching, you know, could this be applied to human beings, so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's how I got into this,
0: very cool. I want to be respectful of your time, and I know that you're you're a busy guy. But you have a podcast, you have books that are out there, and I want the listeners to find out where they can learn more about everything you have going on. So please spend this time to give the listeners some you know guidance of where they can follow you and best find you.
1: So you can uh, I do have a podcast, the Dr. Gundry podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Um, okay. You know, you'll see you'll see it every week. We got some fascinating areas that we that we cover interesting guests uh, uh, you can find me at drgundry.com. you can find me and my supplement line at gundrymd.com i have uh, four new york times best-selling books i have six uh, national best-selling books and worldwide selling books plant paradox has been translated into 36 foreign languages um yeah so it's, uh, it's reached, uh, you know, re- reached all over the world. Yeah. Um, and the reason it's reached uh, is quite frankly, it works. Um, yeah. <laughs> <and> that, <laughs> if it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you, you couldn't sell that many books. Uh, so also I have two YouTube channels, uh, Instagram. Um, so where wherever you want to find me. And probably, if you're on the internet, you probably see my little smiling face popping up at you, um, wanting you to take one of my supplements.
0: Absolutely. You remember,
1: you remember I used to think supplements made expensive urine. I, I really did. But I I actually measure the effect of supplements on my patients every three months with blood work. And I can not only tell when they're taking one, I can even tell when they change brands. It's wow. that specific. Yeah. So supplements do not make expensive urine.
0: Got it. Well, I will make sure to link that all down below. And um, so that being said, Dr. Stephen Gundry, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Jacqueline, thank you so much for being here. And thanks so much again.